everyone, this is Ken Root with Bob Urban. We are under the shadow of the big walleye here on the south end of Guttenberg at Murray's Outdoors. And uh, Bob did something very unusual this week. You actually took time off and went fishing. Is that right? I did. The girls manned the store over the weekend. Uh, we ended up working Saturday, my little guy and I, and then we went, uh, kind of went all over fishing. We like to fish down south, so we do, did go down to Little River. Mm -hmm. uh, we fished Holiday Lake. Uh, we have a couple lots there to allow us to fish that. That's a private lake by Brooklyn. And then I actually fish Central Park, which is not too far from my house in Jones County, Central Park. What do you think of Little River Lake? I was down there a while back. The thing I noticed is it's got all these inlets all up and down. You really can't see that much of the lake at one time. It's more of like a, like an Ozarks or a Finger Lake kind of where you can get into some coves. You can get out of the wind. It was really windy uh, Sunday when we fished that, last Sunday. Bass tournament, as Kimberly talked about. They have a lot of bass tournaments, really good bass numbers down there. Nolan got a really nice three, four pound bass uh, fishing there. But uh, our favorite brush pile that we fish, the wind was going right into there, which usually draws some bait. So took my hummingbird helix side scan that brush pile and they were there and we just kind of spot locked with our trolling motor fished off the back of the boat and uh, used wax worms I've never had crappies take my wax worms like they did so we ended up switching to a gulp minnow I haven't used those very often a lot of guys come in the store buying them and and it was dynamite for for not having to rebate, otherwise we were rebating. They were just stacked in that brush pile. We did really, really good. Got some fish for the fall fish fry, which I was failing miserably at because I wasn't getting out fishing. So haven't been fishing for six months. Yeah, just business-wise with the flower business and stuff, we never got out. So totally understand and remember what it feels like to have a good day fishing. And now I'm a little bit addicted again. You talk about the technology you use, that you uh, locked on with your trolling motor, that you side scanned. You know, if this is over your head, folks, you need to come in here because the technology in fishing is truly amazing. It is, and, and, and what, what I recommend to people is you have to learn. I mean, we even on my units, I probably only use 50% of what the actual cost and the technology that's in the unit. I don't know everything. But with the GPS, the waypoints that I have, the marks I have on my boat, to be able to boat control that to where you could get the crappies um, and not spook them is nice. A windy day is nice. Uh, overcast is nice. So they can't see in the brush piles and stuff. And that's where those crappies were. They were just stacked in. Hey, I want to mention now and later on in the show, you're having a big Father's Day weekend sale here at Murray's, aren't you? We are. Beth always did a, a Father's Day sale, Mother's Day, Father's Day sale uh, for the plants, the flowers. We're getting to the point where it's 90 degrees and we want to downsize our inventory. Uh, you'll go to Tyson's, you'll go to some other nurseries. They're starting to get rid of their inventory. Uh, the plants are outgrowing their pots. Uh, they need to continued watered. Uh, maintenance. So we're, we're doing a really big sale, 75% off of all of our vegetables, all of our uh, four-pack annuals, the smaller annuals, and the herbs, and then 50% off our annuals, and then 30% off of everything else. Just make it simple. Uh, trees, shrubs, honey, propane. What about this end of the build of business? Same thing. Same thing we did for Mother's Day. It's just everything. everything. Make it simple, 30% off of everything. Well, this next week, I'm going to not try to outdo you. 
but I'm going to drive north 10 hours to Lake of the Woods and fish with a guide for two days. Also a friend of mine, a guy that used to be in radio. And I'm really looking forward to fishing out on that lake now. The last time I fished on that lake, I was 16 years old, and it was an oaky experience to say the least. So what do you know of Lake of the Woods? I just know there's a lot of fish, a lot of areas to fish. A lot of folks go up there. Um, a little secluded. It's it's very peaceful. I've never personally been up there, but that's an area that is just huge, Lake of the Woods. Uh, if I recall, some of it is on the U.S. side, some of it's on the Canada side, and you kind of got to know what where you're at, but um, just a really good fishery for walleyes especially. Let's talk about what's biting the Mississippi River here. The water continues to go down. I hear it's going to stabilize. It's definitely warmed up, but yet we've had these really cool mornings here. So what are the fish doing? So I think it's funny that you say the water's come down. We were cl- complaining about high water for <laughs> forever, and now it's just tanked, Ken. It's, it's getting to the point where you've got to be careful with the wing dams. We lost a lower unit, I think, last week at JNL. Um, somebody said that that we had one accident mm-hmm. there. Um, really a safety concern probably for the, the channel. Uh, know your wing dams. Know your buoy markers. Know that some of those buoy markers aren't out there marking them because of the mm-hmm. flood. They got swept away. They're not out yet. Um, that's what, again, navigational technology, awesome to have for that navigation well, purpose. Well, just a depth finder will keep you out of a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah, a depth finder, but I, I, I don't know. It's, I, I just have that secondary peace of mind to follow my trail. It leaves a breadcrumb trail on mm-hmm. my, and when I go somewhere and then I just come back that area. But uh, fishing-wise has been uh hard for the last couple of weeks to find crappies to find bluegills but once you get where they're at because they're not in the same areas we were fishing actually i was benny and i were just doing some work on the the creek miners creek here behind the store three crappies come cruising by in the creek which i only ever see like suckers and maybe a few trout so some of these panfish are up in these creeks and high water areas maybe maybe got up there and spawned but uh, catfish, bluegills, the bite. Jamie just opened landing 615 yesterday. Really nice pictures of a lot of bluegills off of there, um, and that'll be that'll be good. Walleye bite's going to be really good on the wing dams um, and the sand flats, sand riffles. Just How would you fish for those walleye? So um, either little pieces of crawler, dragging jigs on the on the on the flats. Uh, a lot of guys are going to be buying diving crankbaits, casting those wing dams, fishing above and below them. Um, you're you're going to catch a lot of different stuff. You're actually going to be catching some bluegills out there. Those panfish are going to have to go to the channel now, mm-hmm. get some oxygen, get some get some uh, bait. The the bait fish will be there too, and you're going to catch a lot of fish just in the channel on the wing dams if it stays around five five. Had a guy in here at Murray's earlier who gave up one of his secrets. He said when the mulberry trees are uh, dropping their fruit into the river. The catfish are there waiting for it. I ran into that on a lake, too, um, where you'll have some... Mulberry trees are a weed of a tree, I would call it. They do really, really well. They don't they don't take much. So they, they grow fast, they produce fruit, um, and they're around Iowa uh, mm-hmm. prolifically. So uh, when they do drop those catfish, that is a trick. Um, <clears throat> guys make some kind of bait out of it, some, some folks do, but... Um, and then we're talking fish flies too. I think coming up on the show. Yeah. So, so mulberries, fish flies, anything dropping in—that's that's, that's a, just a yeah. little secret, little little trick. And the and the catfish are spawning, 
on the rocks and around those shorelines. They're going through the motions. Even if they don't spawn, they don't get the job done in these smaller lakes um, just because they need the current. Mm-hmm. But they'll go through the motions of yeah. actual spawning. But uh, and, and it's a good area to fish and a good, good uh, time of the year to fish the rocks and fish the shorelines. Now here's our big tip of the day. Suppose you're out there and you see that the fish flies or the mayflies or the barge flies, whichever you want to call them, the black ones, are beginning to rise and hatch. And many people say, you can't catch any fish because all they do is just eat those. Well, we had a rather seasoned fisherman in here yesterday talking to us, and he said it's an excellent time to fish if you know how to do it. Do you want to tip off what he said? Yeah, and I've done it before, but but if you, you're right. When people come into the store, they just kind of give up when the fish flies come up. They're like, oh, the fish aren't biting, but but again, that might be a that might be true. Both both folks are probably uh, speaking the truth there. Uh, they're not having luck, maybe because they're not doing it correctly, yeah. um, or they're fishing different areas. But if again, like the mulberry trees, if you can get to a tree that has a lot of the fish flies or or has a has an area where there's a lot and they're dropping in. It's just it's just like at night night the first night the bugs hatch and you're you're throwing a little fly, mm-hmm. you know you're just simulating whatever's dropping into the water. Um, I don't think it's a huge secret, but it's stuff that we forget about or we just go along with it. What everybody else says, oh they're not biting. They're not going to bite for this week. The fish yeah. fly hatch. Uh, some of the some of the locals. And some of the guys are doing really, really well. You just got to know where those trees are, where the bugs are, and uh, where they're falling in, and just simulate anything, anything, any anything in that area that that resembles a fly, because they're waiting for that, and they're just gorging themselves. They're going to feed all day. Well, it truly is a natural food for them through the millennia. And we've got two DNR people that are going to talk to us. First of all, Lucas Dever, who uh, uh, talks about the fish flies and the challenge they are. When they land on bridges, when they find a light and they die by the thousands. Um, And then the second one, we'll follow up here in a moment, is with Scott Gritter, who is a fisheries biologist with DNR over at Bellevue. And he has a fascinating look at the fish flies, and he, I believe you'll find, confirms what the fishermen are saying about them. Dever from DNR, who's a conservation officer along the upper Mississippi and the area around uh, Jones County. Is that where you're based? Jones and Jackson, yep. We're going to have a uh, flush of uh, mayflies or fish flies in the near future that are black. They're a most interesting species, and from the true aspect of what happens and the disruption they caused, Lucas. I wonder if you'd give us an overview of what you've experienced with them in the past. Yeah, so, you know, late June to, to uh, you know, beginning of July, we usually have the, we call them mayflies down my way. I've heard them called fish flies. I've called, heard them called shad flies. Uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, they really kind of seem like they shut the fishing down along the river uh, because a lot of the fish eat them. Uh, you know, when they hatch, they hatch underwater, and then they emerge from the water. Some people may see on the on the news stations where they are actually showing up on the radar when there's large hatches happening. Uh, it's not rain. It's, it's mayflies emerging from the river. You know, they're alive for 
uh, a day or two, and, you know, their main objective is to reproduce, and, you know, they're attracted to light, so I know down our way along uh, the causeway at Sabula and, and Clinton on the bridge, they actually shut all the lights off on the bridges just to kind of keep them from piling up underneath those lights. Well, I have seen them in places where there was a light left on, and they're a foot deep, if not deeper, uh, where they have died. And then after a few days, they begin to smell terribly. It's really an amazing number of these uh, flies that come out. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. If you've ever had to go to the bank while you're out fishing and you pull up to a tree or grab a tree, uh, you know, that thing will just erupt with them in the middle of the daytime and, you know, you can't, can't seem like you can get away from them. You're kind of almost overtaken by them. Yeah, I know there's a lot of fish that, that'll eat them too and, and uh, it can be a, make the, the bite along the river tough that time of year while that's going on. So it's usually about a two to three week stretch that it can kind of, kind of affect that. So. Yeah. Scott, we're tracking down as many people as we can find to tell us what they know about this upcoming mayfly hatch. Some people along the river call them fish flies. I think they're called barge flies in other places. But they're a uh, an unusual insect, but a part of the uh, ecosystem way before white man got here. I just wonder what you can tell us to expect here in July. Yeah, well, you know, most people that live along the river you know that we have some big hatches, and usually somewhere around the 4th of July, give or take, you know, 5, 10 days on either side, we have some major hatches of uh, a type of mayfly. We call it the hexagenia or hex mayfly hatch. It's a, one of the largest mayflies, and hatch here soon, as everybody that lives along the river knows. Are these a uh, major part of the natural diet of fish when they hatch? Yes, they are, to answer your question. And they're probably a major part of fish diet all along their their life cycle. Most people maybe don't realize, but mayflies are, they have two major stages, a young stage that's in the, in the river for a, a long time, a larval stage. And then really when they hatch, that's all just for reproduction. They only live a few days after hatching and hatching is just for the reproduction part and that's what people see the hatching part they are in the sediment of the river uh you know for for a long time before they hatch and you know for a lot of fish species it's it's food for them um, all year round and then when they hatch of course it's a major food source to to fish and all kinds of animals really in their adult stage don't even have a digestive system is that right no, they really don't. They don't. They really have a mouth part, but it's not even functioning. I believe, um, not the world's expert on them, but they're just hatching, basically to reproduce. They got to get their eggs back in the water, and uh, again, they only live for a few days. Almost their entire life cycle is in the water, and then we see them for those few days they hatch. Well, Lucas Devers told us what kind of problems you have with so many of them coming to lights and then dying on bridges and places where that they uh, pile up literally and stink after a period of time. But I'm looking at another aspect. 
An old fisherman came into uh, Murray Outdoor under the big walleye on the south end of Gutenberg and said that he loves it when they hatch because he finds overhanging trees where that they have just covered the trees. And he will go up there, and he said, if you just watch, there will be a lot of fish underneath that tree, and you throw a rock in, and the mayflies will fall off, and the fish will just immediately start eating them. So he pitches his lure in there, or pitches his bait in, and he catches some of those fish. Does that sound true to you? That sounds perfectly legit to me. Um, there's some people that say, well, when the mayflies hatch and the fish aren't biting, right, because they're full. Well, fish rarely get full. They they feed almost all the time. They would just absolutely gorge themselves. It's like a buffet to them. And I have no doubt that that guy's right, that those fish are feeding underneath them, the mayflies. And a lot of times I'll watch grackles and other birds feeding too, and they'll knock over, you know, or some of the mayflies will get in the water, and you'll just see fish like bluegills gobble them up. I got another one for you then. Yeah. He says that there's a species of fish, I guess we call it a skipjack, that he's more likely to catch during this time than at any other. But I've heard that the skipjack is not up in this upper river anymore, but he claims that even though he calls them by a different name, that's what they are. Yeah, that I don't know. I uh, The skipjack is a species that rarely gets up to this part of the woods anymore. It's a highly migratory fish, and the, the dams have really stopped its migration, especially the dam at Keokuk way down on Pool 19. So once in a while we see a skipjack make it up this far. Um, Historically, before lock and dams, they were probably one of the most common species in the Mississippi. I'm wondering if he isn't thinking of moon eye, which looks a lot like a skipjack. There's a, there's a species called moon eye and a, and a gold eye. Those are two really closely related fish that you would see at Guttenberg. And I wouldn't doubt that they feed heavily on mayflies. That is what he called it. He called it a moon eye. What a moon eye, yep. Typically, gold eyes get a little bit bigger, um, maybe a little bit more common in, in some of the larger streams, like, you know, the turkey or the upper aisle or the yellow. Um, but, but uh, yeah, it's a bright silvery fish, kind of flat. And um, I think they're cool. Some people think they're kind of a nuisance. I don't know. I think they're a neat fish. Well, you have uh, told us quite a bit here, and it aligns with uh... – the uh, knowledge on the river pretty darn well, at least this fisherman in particular, whose name can't be mentioned because he's too shy to talk to us. But it does give us something to go from and the potential that if you're doing it right and you're fishing during this mayfly hatch, catch fish. Yeah, you know, I see mayfly hatches uh, all over, even on small trout streams. got to remember, there's just there's a lot of species of mayflies. And uh, the big hatch is mostly this one that most people call hex. But trout fishermen understand this better than anybody. You know, they, they call it match the hatch, right? And there will be a lot of different mayfly species hatching. And um, they, they, they hatch at different temperatures or different life cycles. So, you know, the trout fishermen will match uh, the, the different colors that come out for instance. For the mayflies, um, for instance, even on the river, sometimes people see 
Like the other day, I had some green ones, bright green ones on my, my house, which I'm pretty close to the river. Uh, sometimes I see some white ones. Those are just simply different species, not near as abundant as that hex hatch that'll occur around the 4th of July holiday. Does it give you confidence when you see that hatch? Does it give you confidence the river has got a balance to it because those flies are still coming through their cycle every year? I, you know, as a biologist, um, aquatic scientist, I, I'm overjoyed when I see mayflies hatching on any ecosystem. Um, you know, they can be eliminated from the system if it's highly polluted. As is testament down in Minneapolis for, for many years before the Clean Water Act, they were devoid of mayflies because their sediment was too too toxic for them. So there has been an improvement in sediment quality, and, and then you see these big mayfly hatches. Um, and the ecosystem is completely driven in some ways by mayflies. I can give you a cool example of the larval ones. Um, in the spring of the year, this is something I've studied, uh, you know, when the ice is breaking up, you see all that ice jams and stuff on the river. A lot of times those, those larval mayflies will be dislodged into the, into the main channel. And I've even seen fish like paddlefish just gorge themselves on those larval mayflies. A fish, uh, normally just filter feeds, you know, small zooplankton. But when those mayflies are dislodged from those ice gouges, they, I've, I've found paddlefish guts just just full of of mayflies, and that was related to me by an angler. You know that 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 was occurring, and then I studied that phenomena. So mayflies are just hugely important to fish. And and notice uh, if you got your listeners, just watch all the birds and things that'll switch over to eating mayflies when they hatch. They'll be on the trees and things, even like robins and even the common birds will just be feeding heavily on mayflies. Very good information. Thank you very much for speaking to us from your uh, perspective as a fisheries biologist, Scott. And uh, we'll uh, continue to follow this. And uh, for me, I have a greater appreciation for the mayflies' place in the ecosystem. So thank you for that. Well, thank you so much for having me. And, you know, let's do some more stories in the future. Well, Bob, that wraps it up for today. Tell me about the big sale you've got coming on this weekend for Father's Day. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Murray's Outdoors uh, plant sale, huge uh, nursery sale here, trying to downsize our stock. Very common for this time of the year. 75% off of veggies, uh, herbs, and four-pack annuals, 50% uh, off of annuals. 30% off of trees, shrubs, anything else that you see, we sell at the store 30%, make it easy for me. Uh, I'm going to be working all weekend, stop up, we'll take care of you, and uh, fishing's good as well. Well, tell Bob you heard this on the show, and also, if you come in here to the fishing side of the business, it's 30% off too, right? Yeah, everything in the store, so we're all one, we're, uh, we're all one business now, so just make it easy for the register and, and go from there. I'll be headed to Canada and be back for next Friday, so you have a good week. Yeah, you too. Have fun. Safe travels.